Hey everybody, it's Drew. It's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. everybody real quick i'm gonna shoot through the uh social media stuff you can find us on facebook by typing in the whole name of the podcast as well as on spotify which will have the podcast and uh drew's playlist of all of our music now with the word to smoking controllers you can find us on twitch and reddit which we don't use the reddit that much fairly recently I did a, a, a long stream of uh, Eichenfell, mm-hmm. uh, which will be on upcoming game once I beat it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of eh, an intro or a showing of well, that. The, 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 twi- the idea of the Twitch would be to get sneak peeks of things coming up on the podcast anyway. Sneak peek, that's the word I was looking for. And if you want to use the number two smoking controllers... That's uh, the Instagram that I run mostly and the email. Mm -hmm. And we're still uh, looking for anyone who wants to help out and maybe help produce or help edit the podcast. So feel free to please send in any comments or questions to number two, smokingcontrollers at gmail. Gmail, gmail Mm Gmail.com. And I believe that's it for all the social. Uh. Yeah, sounds right. I think I think you got it all. All right. Now, for those who pay attention to this, you know what time it is. We're episode thirty-five. I think you forgot to mention that on the front end. Oh, we are. Yes, episode thirty-five. And for those who know what time it is and have been keeping track, today we offer three sacrifices to the great orange and white deity in the sky, the Gamefly. Praise be to you. Praise be unto you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to tackle three games that neither one of us completed, but we did play, and we'll talk about, and we'll talk about why we didn't beat them, or maybe just, you know, we'll, we'll get into that once we get into them, yeah. each individually. But I did take, I will, we will talk about each one, the good and bad of what we liked about as it. As much as we can, yeah. Uh, none of these games we got played for, for very long, I don't think. No. It's easy to tell. Anybody who plays games knows the first hour or two, usually you can tell if you're going to like a game or not. You're going to waste your time. Waste more of your time continuing with it. Exactly. Now, our first game. For that, uh, so people know on the on the front end here, if you don't like hearing me talking, this is going to be your one of your favorite episodes because this is three games and a movie. Uh, two games of which I didn't play at all. So this this podcast will be majority of uh, Blake talking the whole time. So you're welcome. <laughs> that is true. Uh, my voluptuous, velvety voice. Now, our first game we're going to be talking about, it's a 
it's like a, it's not a new entry, but I think it's like a, a remake of an original title in a long running series that I've never dipped into before. I've never heard of it before, before now. Now, the game I'm playing is talking about is called Jagged Alliance Rage with the exclamation point. Now, it is a long running series. There are several games, yeah. roughly eight or nine in the series. Wow as well as an online and stuff like that. And I think a, a mobile version, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. When it comes to looking for... Uh, there won't be a lot of music in this episode because I only found music for one of the games. When I looked for music for this game, it only pulled up the older games. Yeah, so if that says anything, it only pulled up from music from the past. It wasn't super great. Mm-hmm. It was mostly ambience because the whole point of Jungle Alliance... Well, first and foremost... Jagged Alliance? What did I say? Jungle Alliance? It is Jagged Alliance. My bad. That's a good. First and foremost, it is a turn-based, tactical-based survival. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I went wrong. When I watched it, it looked like as I enjoy isometrical RPGs or tactical RPGs. That's what it seemed like in the trailer. Yeah. Now, once I actually turned it on and got through like the tutorial mission, and I played it for roughly five to six hours. I wanted to give it a good... That's a good chunk. Well, it was like one night where I played through the tutorial and like read everything and went through real slowly to try to get it. And then I actually played several missions and some story like the next night or the following morning. I forget when. Mm -hmm. And what happened is I realized it was not an RPG. And that immediately killed my drive to play it. What, even though was it were you enjoying it anyway, or was it before you realized that was any part of the mechanics appealing? Not really, because it does a. You're losing, no matter what. It is. It is because the game starts. You get to pick two people out of I believe eight assassins, like high end, and everyone has their own little opening, little CG introduction to the character. And it's, I believe, you pick two out of five or eight. I can't remember exactly. But once you pick them, that's it. You get those two characters. And you can play through the whole game with those two characters. Or you can do special missions and recruit and get the other people sent in from outside. And then slowly build your party from there. Let me guess, you're always outnumbered? Constantly. That seems seems to be part of that genre, though. I mean, all the tactics games you've played, you always seem like you're always outnumbered. Yeah. But I've been told by a few people that though I do love tactical RPGs, my tactic is to train longer and harder so when I come in, I kill you quicker and faster and to not actually be tactful. Yeah, you've always overtrained. Which is fair. But it requires, like guerrilla warfare jungle tactics because you're on a uh, a fictional like stealth yeah it's very stealth, stealth. Okay. like i can m- grab people behind clothes lines and murk them and like throw them in trees and stuff or pick up bodies and hide bodies it's very very stealth based and i am awful at stealth games even when it's turn-based even when it's turn-based because hmm. as soon as you're seen by one person just like in everything the entire map knows you're there and everyone has more firepower than you, grenades and everything. And it just, 
it became very unfun very quickly, especially yeah. when I got to a point where I killed everybody on my map and my objection was to talk to this person. And I talked to him with both my characters. She just said the same thing. And that was it. Hmm. And I was like, well, what do I do? I, I went inside the tent next to her, tried to search for... I just didn't know what to do. And I was like, "This is I'm not having fun playing this. I'm, yeah. And I just washed my hands of it. I wasn't having a good time. Hmm. But the the graphics were fine. Yeah. And the gameplay was fine when it when I wasn't sucking at it. Like that's not that's not the game's fault, maybe. I know. But it's so annoying to be I don't know. I would have maybe liked it better if it was not turn based, maybe. Mm. I don't know. You'd be, you'd be even worse at it. You're not good at action still. Probably not. I don't know. I was it just rubbed me the wrong way almost immediately after the tutorial and yeah. I just had a bad I was like, This isn't what I wanted. That was also on my fault for maybe not doing more research. Well, we don't do, um, if we're being completely honest, when it comes to Gamefly, uh, I'll put something on Gamefly just based on screenshots. I don't even... Yeah. I mean, I know to avoid, like, uh, bullet, hell. bullet hell games and other there's other nonsense we avoid, but uh, most war games we'll avoid. But if it looks even remotely like something we'll try, I mean, that's the, that's the joy, joy of Gamefly and game, even Game Pass these days. Look at a few screenshots and like, yeah, shrug your shoulders, pop it on there, see what happens. Now, real quick before I get too far into it, I do want to talk about the developer. Yeah. But it sounds like you said almost all you want to say about the game. Well, there's a few little things I'll, I'll add. Yeah. The game originally came out uh, close to Christmas 2018, early December 2018, and it was developed by Cliffhanger Productions. Now, they themselves don't seem to be a very big company. They've only put out like three or four games total, not many. Hmm. But some of those games include Jagged Alliance Online, which was uh, 2012. And then they did a revamp uh, expansion called the Reloaded Expansion, where they added in a bunch of extra characters and increased game mechanics. It was apparently a rather large expansion. Is that still going or is that dead? I didn't do enough research to find out. <laughs> then the other game they made was for o only PC and Mac, but it was uh, Shadowrun Chronicles. The Shadowrun games. Shadowrun games, yeah. So they were been keeping that alive. And that's really about it. They did, that's, they, that's it. There's that bacon smell again. <laughs> remember, remember yeah, from... Uh, remember Rooster Teeth? Rooster Teeth. I remember, people know Rooster Teeth from uh, Red vs. Blue. Yeah. Back when um, the Shadow the Shadow Run tried to relaunch pretty hard back in the early of the 360 days, there was an online uh, online only Shadow Run game, and uh, for some reason, and trying to boost popularity, um, Brewster Teeth did a very short lived uh, Shadow Run, kind of done in the vein of Red versus Blue, and there was a guy that kept teleporting away and. <laughs> They get with Tolbert away, and people go, "Is my spell bacon?" And then later, like an episode later, the guy—I guess one guy didn't see the guy teleport away. He goes, huh, "There's that bacon smell again." <laughs> they're they're very funny over at Rooster yeah. Teeth. Yeah, it's probably not funny now, out of out of context in a from a fifteen year old video. But I just you say shadow every time anybody says shadow on, I'm like, "There's that bacon smell again." <laughs> now the other thing that I 
I didn't care for was the survival stuff because you have very limited resources, very minimal uh, inventory. <laughs> and so you have to eat, drink, and, oh, I know that. and find shade because you can get too hot. What? Yeah. Are you in a you're desert? On a, you're, you're on a deserted island. Not oh. a deserted island. It's inhabited by people, but you're on the island. But being on the island, after you beat each map, you have there's a like a world map drive traveling between areas. Like actual traveling, or like you like clicking on stuff and just you click on things and your 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 dot moves. Oh, okay. But you can rest and stuff and heal up your health. But depending on every time you rest, you use up your food and water. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have shade, there's a chance that you could get heat uh, heat stroke, heat sickness. And any time you rest enemies are following you along the world map. And if they catch you, then you have to get into a battle. It's like any game. And this is going to roll over into my one game too, but any game that just has survival stuff in it. And then the game's gotten really popular for some reason. Everybody's got to have survival stuff in. You got to eat and drink and pee and everything like that. Or just, I don't need that in video. We don't need it in video games. I, I waste my time doing too much of it in real life, trying to find food, sustenance and sleep. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's in so many video games. It's ruined a couple of video. I mean, it's ruined. There's, I mean, granted, this game was probably you weren't going to like anyway. The game that I will talk about here in a little bit. I'm not, I'm not jump ahead too far, but the game that I have has uh, eating and I think cold and something else, sleeping. If I if it didn't have to, if I'd have to worry about those three things, I probably probably would have played that game. Because I'm not playing games for realism. Yeah, depending on the game, but honestly. depending on the game, but at the very least, if you want to put that in there. At least make it optional. Yeah. You can turn that option on or off. I've seen a lot of games do that. Survival mode on or off to increase difficulty. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it would be hard to do. Turn on, turn off. Yeah. I know. I love. I, I know people. Some, some people out there love the survival aspect. Yeah, it's but just, it's just tedious. But I find it annoying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just me. Um, that being said. I did enjoy the game style. The voice acting was fun. The comedy was fun for what was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew said earlier. Was voice acting? Yeah. It went, not a lot, 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 but, you know, voice was good. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I only played it. I played for a few maps and I got minimal story. I, it, I don't have anything else to really talk about for this game. Mm-hmm. But if you are into tactical survival. This is, is this guns? A, well, mix because you can if you don't have guns, you always have a knife on you. Okay. Well, depending on which one of the characters you start with. Okay, so it's not like a obviously you're not it's not like a medieval thing. It's not. This is like a modern. Yeah, it's like tactical, literally tactical jungle thing. warfare. Jungle warfare, yeah. Like you called it jungle alliance yeah, earlier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't man. know if that was enough to intrigue anybody into playing it, but that's all I played, and it, yeah. you know, I didn't. It wasn't for me, but it doesn't mean other people aren't going to love it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about your game next? That's all you got? That's yeah. really all I have. I, don't I have... didn't, uh, yeah, for me, uh, for Jagged Alliance, I didn't touch it at all uh, based on the tactical nature. I don't really play a lot of the grid-based uh, tactical games, so I knew right away it wasn't for me, so I put it on the game fly for Blake, and I didn't even uh, bother touching it. The last real tactical game I played, which I wasn't sure I was going to like, was uh, the first XCOM, Enemy Unknown, on the 360. Ended up loving that game quite a bit, and I've been recently trying playing XCOM 2, and it's kind of just more of the same. I mean, this isn't the XCOM podcast, but uh, 
I've have I hadn't had much of a drive to to play XCOM two, which sucks because we actually bought that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I didn't I didn't play Jagged Alliance, but shortly after that came on GameFly, we did we got we got this game called uh, Fade to Silence. Uh, I don't have notes in front of me, but Blake, you got to talk about I got a, the developer I got a stuff. Few little things. Um, it originally was came out on steam early access mm. it came out uh december 14th 2017 and then it went full-blown release on consoles and everything else uh two years later uh april 30th 2019 fade to silence is a action survival uh horror almost yeah uh, it was developed by black forest games now, Black Forest Games have a few things under their belt, but not many. Their main big thing seems to be something called the Gianna Sisters. Oh, yeah, that's that's really weird. That's really different from what they normally make. Yeah. From, from, uh, from way different than this. But they've done a whole bunch of Gianna Sisters, and they poured it to other things as well as mobile. But then, I think Gianna Sisters is just platforming games. I think, I think it is, too. Then another one called Bubsy. It was like a, a fox, a cartoon fox platformer. I don't know. I think I, think I saw that on PlayStation. Yeah. But two things more recently is they're responsible for the remasters of one game called Titan Quest. The console, the co- current console remaster for Titan Quest. I played that. Mm-hmm. And they're also responsible for, really recently, the remaster of Destroy All Humans. Oh, really? Yeah, that's... Uh, we, black. Have, we haven't played that yet, but... Another cool thing is uh, they're a German company, Black Forest Games. They've been around... Shoot. I didn't write down how long they've been around. Uh, But they are... They've been around. They've been around. There's 66 employees that run Black Forest Games. And... and, Let's see. uh, August 2017... They were actually acquired by THQ Nordic. There we go again. THQ Nordic. Expanding. Expanding small companies, but they're still allowing them to do stuff that they want and giving them, who knows, maybe they're the ones who like, hey, we don't want to work on this, but maybe you should, and it'll give you experience. You get a lot of interesting, not always great, but you get a lot of interesting games and a lot of interesting projects from everything under the uh, THQ Nordic's umbrella these days. And we've actually, we've, we've come across and we still play a lot of things that are uh, published by THQ Nordic these days. That's just because of the uh, the odd things that they that they absorb into them, and you keep seeing interesting things. We don't always obviously play them all the way through, but it's uh, it's good to have this company around, keeping strange projects alive. Yeah, because not everything needs to be a sports game or Call of Duty or Rainbow Six. We need even if it's weird, we need weird stuff. We need weird, unique strange things not everything needs to be triple a and i applaud thq nordic for what they're doing yeah i think we do we every time we talk we about blow it. smoke up their ass every time we mention them on the podcast well, they, they're, they're doing good other yeah. than when thq originally went under but maybe they've learned from that mistake and the new group is like mm, we're gonna be better yeah. we'll see i don't know too much about fade to silence yeah you didn't play it because i play i actually played this first uh, based off the uh, action survival tag it kind of has on its genre. Survival, as we, ju- we just spoke about, is a big no-no word for us. But from what little bit of research I looked at, uh, you play a character named Ash, 
who is described as a natural leader. And your whole point is you have a 10 square kilometer area that you're trying to survive, survive in and build in and so and try mm-hmm. to just go on. And the whole point is you have to go out and get resources to build up your enclosure ref, refugee yeah. camp. And at the same time, you're tr- battling against, uh, I believe the term was eldritch horror monsters. Mm-hmm. To try yeah. and survive. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if it mentions. He has some some. I don't know if he starts the game dead, dead, or he gets possessed, or some demon or something, eldritch demon inside of him that uh, uh most of the voice you hear talking is like it, if you if you see a trailer, it's the grumpy, mean voice speaking over the tra- one of the trailers I saw, and it's kind of talking in your head the entire time and talking about like how it, it brought on the cold and blah, 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 and it's going to destroy the world or whatever. It's nonsense. It's talking while you're running around. It's like the just a voice in your head, basically. Well, it, man, it manifests itself around you like with like a form, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it does anything. It sounds like it would be more fun if it was the other way around. Instead of you trying to protect refugee and the last of humanity, if you were trying to wipe out humanity. It feels it, like that would be a cooler it's pretty, game. It's pretty desolate. Uh, already when you start everything's just covered in snow uh you just meet the only person i even met besides him talking in your head was the main character's daughters hanging out in this i guess the start of the camp i didn't really get to play very far because i just kind of wandered out one it's uh the game is very convoluted on what it wants you to do and where to go and uh, how to get there and the stuff you need to carry with you it's it was all very convoluted and i didn't like that i mean i don't like to, to be too handholdy but i like to have a general uh sense of where i need to be going and what i need to be doing it was kind of like go over here and at least at least give t- me a mini map and a map marker or something i didn't get a map but everything's oh. just white i mean everything's just snow see that's my and problem and i have like a like a stick or something like that I'm supposed to beat back these demons with a stick and um purifying these uh I don't know what they were called. We walk into these things and like you purify these things and the little dude in your head gets mad because you're purifying these like evil areas. I don't know what it was doing, but the biggest thing was, it was one of the main things was cold and hunger. Uh, just the cold meter, there's cold meter constantly going up when you're outside and you got to find wood. Uh, you can only carry so much wood. You got to carry wood back to a thing to a like a barrel somewhere and throw a bunch of wood into a barrel light the barrel on si- on fire and you can sleep which would uh it would, well, being near the fire would put your cold meter down and you would and if you sleep your your tiredness goes down but your hunger goes up and it's just all this balancing and run around trying to eat like it's like any survival game that i've ever messed with before you run around picking berries off the ground just trying to stay alive for a second longer to find something else or getting lucky and finding like a piece of meat and taking it back to the fire. Oh, she ain't got no wood. Go grab some wood, go back to the fire, try to cook the meat. Now you're tired. I think I go to sleep and you wake up. Guess what? You're hungry again. Mm. It was that. I and mean, it was, it's all I was doing. I was like, why, why do I need, I've played lots of other games with snow yeah. and stuff. And I don't need, I don't need the hunger and the cold and the, these are just things that take away from exploring and trying to do like, if, I, for me, open world games, I know you don't play a lot of open world games, open, open world games is exploring to and exp- finding, cool, yeah. finding cool stuff and landmarks. 
if you're constantly got to like basically having a clock just ringing over your head the entire time when you got sleep, hunger, cold, and you think it may. I know you didn't play far, but do you think it would have been one of those games that got easier as you played along? Like if you got a bigger surely it had to have. I mean, I guess I don't know. I could have. I really when I read I read about it, I was like, it sounds neat, and like I actually I think some of the people people like some the reviews that I read of. Uh, sometimes I read on Gamefly the highs and lows. Some people, I think people, some people did say it gets easier the further you progress. But uh, it's got a real hard, real high learning real curve. High learning curve. I didn't even find it. Like, we're supposed to like find more people and like send them back to your thing. Supposedly they'll start farming resources for you and stuff like that. Like it, it gets kind of automated. Yeah. A little bit, but it just wasn't fun. Aimlessly wandering in the in the wilderness and trying to. Uh, be in the middle of nowhere. Oh, you need, and there's blizzards. Like you, you get like a small blizzard warning, and you're like and you're like nowhere near, anywhere safe. No shelter or anything. There's shelters out there for the barrel with the fire was. You got to fight, like figure out where that was and try to sprint back to it. And then uh, there's I didn't see one. There's supposedly there's tornadoes, which I did, which I wanted to see. People said the tornadoes look cool. And then there's this, um, which I did see it once or twice. I think you saw it too. Was the the they call it the and the comments or whatever they called it the trash moon i don't know what they call it in the game it's like this thing of trash floating through the sky and like trash is just like raining down onto the planet oh god that you're on and you, i think you i think you still walked in there one time when it was coming like coming like coming by me it was like a sh- shadow and it's it was indicators on the ground of where the crap's falling you gotta get just out, of the way. out of the way yeah there's that and there's you gotta do with that and do with the weather and the blizzards and again the hunger the cold the sleep and then there's monsters out there I have a stick. I think I made a bow and arrow. I think I shot a deer one time. And I skinned the deer. And that's, I think that's the one time I had, when I said meat earlier, I think I, had, I, think I had some deer meat that I cooked and got my hunger kind of reasonable, but then I was tired again. It was, was just... Was there anything like, ooh, I can construct a better pelt or a better jacket with this deer you know, thing? The, yeah, you could see it in the... It's like those kind of games, you can see it in the crafting menu. Mm-hmm. But you don't have... Obviously, it's, it's got 12 items you've never heard of and... It's just a game I feel like it takes time, and you you kind of have to like the 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 earlier aspects of what it takes. The dredge, to, the I guess the, I don't know. the slog through all the opening, the slog through the beginning to really. And I was when I first read about it, I was like, I could probably do this, but it was just so cumbersome. The controls weren't very weren't very helpful, and there's like monsters chasing you. There's monsters like shooting like energy things at you and stuff like that. Like you're, it's just it's just a barrage of constant bull crap and I was just like I'm just not I played maybe barely two hours and I was just like I am just not liking this there wasn't anything I could find within that time frame that made me want to like just keep on keep on going to get to the something get to whatever there is I didn't die I just got kind of sick of playing and I didn't mention the because I didn't die but there is a the game is semi roguelike I guess so I guess when you die, the de- you you die, but the demon won't let you die. So you appear back at home, I think, and you lose. Maybe I guess maybe you lose whatever you're carrying or whatever it is. There's some sort of semi semi permanent. I don't know. It's roguelike. Survival roguelikes are super popular these days. They are. Um. So however that ends up. I I can understand out. something like that. Don't don't let me deal with hunger. Hunger's just the dumbest thing. I just and cool. I can understand cold, 
during a blizzard. It's like find shelter during the blizzard. Yeah. But or even the the trash storm. But everything else she didn't need. Mm-hmm. Like that game probably would have been a little easier to comprehend. Yeah. Could or, you carry a torch? Could you make a torch? Make a torch, but it wasn't a. It wasn't like a source of heat. I mean, maybe it slowed down the cold. I don't know. I was like, I think I was swinging the torch at some of the enemies as a weapon because it's all I had. The torch has run out, of course. They burn out eventually. That doesn't sound very fun at all. Yeah, I don't think I even. I think I told you not to even bother with it because I know you're you're really adamant against the survival, which I am normally anyway against survival stuff. If it's light, extremely light, I can handle it a little bit, mm-hmm. but. I mean, shoot, you look at uh, stuff like Witcher. You had wear and tear on, like, your equipment and stuff that's like a, that. That's just RPG and, stuff. I'm trying to think of a game that has uh, played something manageable. Fatigue. Uh, maybe we, we we played State of Decay 2 recently. That's fatigue. Your characters you ha- sleep. You, you do have to have food, but you don't have to eat, per se. Yeah, you just, you just, you just have a food stat in your camp but and your people do actively get fatigued i guess but you just swap to another character so it's not like that's that big of a deal yeah but you have to rest that character and sometimes you start with a new character you know yeah so that's pretty that's about that's about as much survival as i want in a game <laughs> yeah you're tired i'll take the next person that's fine yeah i just stopping somewhere to take a nap it just ain't doing it for me Mm-mm. we're just watching these meters up and down up and down i ain't trying to play the sims now and I don't think you're the only one because I even looked at some of the reviews and I didn't see anything above mediocre. Yeah. Like the highest score I saw was like a 57. It's all just, I feel like there's, besides from the survival, there could have been some uh, really cool visuals or creepy monsters. And the monsters some... look cool, but I'm, I'm saying to help the game, if the game's going to be difficult or have survival, you got to work on uh, menus and controls and stuff like that. Don't make it so... Have very intuitive controls. Yeah, it's just, and it was just so everything menus. was just cumbersome. It was like I just don't know what none of these buttons do. I don't know what many. I didn't knowing where to go. Like when even point me in a have somebody point me in a direction. Give me some sort of goal. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's the whole point it's to make your own goals, and I don't like that in video games. Admittedly, it is their first step into something like that, concerning that their other stuff was was is the Gianna sisters. I think are those side scrolling platformers. I never played one, but I th- what, what do I know? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I, I've heard the name and I've seen the pictures, but that's it. Mm. I know enough that I was like, mm, I'm not playing those. But yeah. I immediately forgot anything about them other than the fact that I know I'm not going to play those. Yeah. I'll put that away in the memory palace. More likely to, more likely to play through, uh, what's it called? Uh, Destroy All Humans, maybe. I never played any of those games for more than a couple hours apiece, probably when they when they put them out. I, I've heard that this one was... Uh, it's, like, it's a complete remake of the first game. Yeah. I've heard it's a fairly quick and simple one uh, K, yeah. yeah, completion. Yeah, I think I had one or two achievements in this game, and when they're called uh, the achievement community calls that a scar, something you'll never complete. You'll just sit on your profile forever. It lowers all your ratios and time to play other games and to bury it in your to ratio. bury it, yeah, bury it down your list of things. Um, gosh, I mean, it, it, you have to like survival games uh, for me to try to recommend this to anybody. Uh, I'd look into it first. I mean, thankfully that's what game. Thankfully we got GameFly. You know, I would have never, I would have never bought this based off screenshots and the word survival immediately puts puts me off purchasing anything. Um, so you have to really kind of know what you're getting into. Maybe uh, read about it first and uh, read some other, maybe some other reviews or maybe watch a video about it to see what it looks like. Um, some of that stuff would help, but uh, 
it wasn't at all for me. Uh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy any aspect. If I had found a little bit of something to like to push me forward, I would have juggled some of the, some of the nonsense to get to the next cool thing. But it was just more nonsense than it was anything. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have anything I enjoyed out of it. Were you using a, a TA guide or anything no like guide. that? It's got a wicked high TA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just didn't know maybe if you had some sort of like walkthrough or even like a beginner's guide. It's like 10 things you need to know to make this game easier to start or something well, like that. Well, there's videos when I was looking for music. I didn't find music for this game either. It's because I guess what it is. But there is guides on, there is some like some beginner's guides on this on YouTube and stuff like that. You can actually find. Did you watch any of them or were you no, just too no. annoyed? I just, no, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care enough to. No, that was, this is after, after, after I even played the game. When okay. I was playing the game, I didn't act. To, when I play video game, I don't ever go looking for a how-to YouTube video. I don't, I don't, YouTube is so far down my list of things I give a crap about. I mean, if you were having a difficult time with that, I know if you would do a little research prior to make it, see about making the game easier. Cause I do that sometimes if I'm struggling with the game, but I like it. I'm like, yeah, I like, well, yeah. this sounds like it might be good, Yeah, but I'm just terrible at it. So I try to see if there's a little hint to make me a little better, but yeah, wasn't anything like that in here for me. So, okay. I mean, really, like I said, know what you're, know what you're getting into uh, before you, uh, jump in on this. Um, if anybody, like I said, if we say about anybody, if anybody plays one of these games and has a, a better experience, we'd, sure li- we'd like to hear about it. That's for sure. Just write into us. Let us know. Um, the next game I put on the game fly for Blake specifically, uh, we actually seen a trailer before. Unfortunately, compared to like the game does look very cool in motion. It looks very neat, like very cool look. Like I say cool again, but the way it looks is very interesting. I don't think, I didn't play it, but the way, but it doesn't, um, I'm tripping over my own words here. The way it looks doesn't translate well to how it plays, I guess, when you talk about how you play it and here in a second. But you'll see, uh, don't be fooled by the way this, uh, by how it looks. Because uh, Blake will explain how you end up playing it. The next game I'm going to be tackling is Space Hulk Tactics. Xbox One. Now, first and foremost, it is a it is what I wanted an isometrical uh, RPG, ter- turn based RPG. But it's not full blown grid because it takes place inside a very massive derelict ship, so mm-hmm. it tends to be mostly corridors and rooms. And that was it. There wasn't a whole lot of. Yeah, all I saw was corridors. Yeah. But before I get too much into that, the developer is Cyanide Studios. Familiar. I'll get to that in just a second. Cyanide Studios has actually been around since 2000. They managed to open up a second studio called Amusement Cyanide. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cyanide Studios is in France, in Nantira, France. And Amusement Cyanide is in Montreal. The Van Helsing Games? No. I'm running through my mind why that name is familiar. And more recently, 
Uh, let's see, both studios together is 110 employees. Mm-hmm. Why, is, why is it two separate studios? Just making different games or they, something? They, they got successful, and I think they are making separate okay. divisions. I'll get to their list of games here in just a moment. But recently, they were actually acquired by a company called Big Ben Interactive, which has rebranded to something called Nacon. So, but they still operate under Cyanide Studios now. NeoCore. Sorry, that's the I think that's the developer for the Van Helsing games. Yeah. Or Neo something. Sorry, my brain's just running through this. Through all this. Running through this crap in my game companies in my brain. Sorry. But that was just a breakdown of the studios. Yeah. And now the studios, the games they've made, they've mostly they started with pro cycling. Awesome. 10, 12, 14, 13, so on. Well, they've been around since 2000, so they've been making pro cycling games for a while. I think pro cycling 10 was a lot better than 11. Probably. 11's where it it started going downhill. Coming mainstream. Yeah, they mainstreamed the pro cycling. Well, they they sure as heck mainstreamed their next one, too. Pro rugby. Oh, man. Pro (laughs) rugby. Whew. Now tell me, me, don't get me started on pro rugby. They're also responsible for Blood Bowl. Which no, I is that, is that football? There's that monster football game they talked about on how did this get played, where it's like zombies versus monsters and a glad, gladiatorial. Yeah, I don't remember that episode. Huh. And they've and they've made several renditions of the Blood Bowl. They've mm-hmm. made a couple of different versions. They're also responsible for Le Tour de France, the video games, a biking game again. A couple game. of them, but now we've we've made fun of them a little bit over over that stuff. Yeah. Some other stuff they've actually done is they created uh, of orcs and men and sticks. Oh, that's where I know them from. I played sticks. You played of, of orcs and men. Mm-hmm. As well as the most, they work with they work with spiders a bunch, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as well as most more recently, they did Call of Cthulhu. Did they? Mm-hmm. They pu- they developed the Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah, that's uh, we got that on free with gold. Mm-hmm. It has a TA. I think I warned you about the TA because I'm interested in that game. Call of Cthulhu has a uh, achievement thing in the guide where he warns you there's an achievement that takes a luck. Mm-hmm. I hate a luck-based achievement. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of warns about, like, it's, it's bad enough that it's a luck-based that if it doesn't happen, when it happens, you have to play through the game again to try to get it. Oh, that's hurtful. Yeah, it's I awful. I still want to play the game, but I might not 1K it because of that. Me too. And yeah, the, anyway. There's two other games that are currently working on the pipeline. Mm-hmm. One is called... Werewolf the Apocalypse. And it is also just like Space Hulk Tactics. It is another uh, tabletop board game turned video game. I think the werewolf thing. I heard, heard werewolf about that. the Apocalypse. Yeah. And that's due to come out February 2021. Hmm. And then their their current thing. They go put it on Gamefly for you. I might, I might try it. I don't know. Yeah. I like werewolves and vampires, but we'll see. And currently they're working on there's another one called Paranoia. Happiness is mandatory. That's their next game they're currently working on. Hmm. So they're they're all over the place. Yeah, that's with their a, genre. all over the board with their games. Yeah. And so hey, I haven't played the. Surprising that they made the Warhammer biking game. We'll see. We don't yeah. know. We had a weird. Nobody really spoke too much about it. We had said, but this past year or so, there was in like seven Warhammer games. Like they just keep putting out Warhammer games, and like nobody's. It's a has anybody playing them? I don't know. We've played. You played this one, and we played. Uh, one was on free with Martyr Inquisition. Martyr Inquisition, which was a. Uh, we might talk about it. I'm sure we will. Um, but that's a uh, 
Diablo-like. I mean, I, I, we mentioned the term, but it is what it is. It's a Diablo-like based in the Warhammer world. We played it for a little while. Um, other than that, there's like, really, there's four or five other Warhammer games. With, with, it's all Warhammer and then, or Space Marine and then some other modifier on the bottom. And it's all, all kinds of different. All, like, it's like, like every other week, there's another War, Warhammer game coming out. But that's Warhammer in general because you have the space stuff and then you have the fantasy stuff and then yeah. you have like Death Wings it, and Blood is it, Knights. Is and, it uh, Vermicide? Yeah, Verm, Vermin, Vermintide. Vermintide is a Warhammer offshoot. I mean. Yeah, that's the uh, the, the fantasy setting. Yeah, that's wild. Such a broad franchise, I guess. I'm breathing real heavy because I'm so out of weight, overweight, out of shape, overweight. Don't judge me. Okay. Uh, now, Space Hulk Tactics, like I said earlier, is an isometrical turn-based RPG. Grid-based? It's grid-based. But not in the way of... It's not like free roam. It's not like it's Is not it? like you're given an area and you have free roam. It's literally you have corridors and rooms and that's it. Okay. So technically, even though it is an RPG, it's more of a horror type thing. Because mm-hmm. the whole point of it, well, Lua, it is based off of a board game that's been around since 1989. And that was just called Space Hulk. And the reason it's called Space Hulk is because you are the ultra space marines slash terminators. Mm-hmm. And you're you're investigating this massive derelict, the sh- the size of like a huge asteroid ship, mm-hmm. and you're investigating like why is this derelict? It's one of our ships, and you're investigating, and that's the whole point. The whole uh, point the, is the aliens there, whatever they're called. They're they called uh, gene stealers. Gene stealers. And there's two campaigns to play through. You play through as the Terminator. I think they were called the Blue Wings, mm-hmm. or you play as the Gene Stealers. Now. As you play through as the Terminators, it's it's a losing battle because this ship is infested with gene stealers. The whole point of all the maps that I fought were get from this side of the room to that side of the room. With as many guys as possible? Yeah. And some of the winning like – you'd start with five, and it's like winning conditions get one guy across. And I would sometimes get lucky and might get two. Wow. Because how it works is if an enemy runs at you f- straight on – there is a chance you can kill them, mm-hmm. but if at any point they get behind you, but they're not, they're not, aren't they more of like a stealthy enemy? They kind of jump, jump out of the, they are. jump out of places and nab you. They are, but how that worked is one hit kill. Yeah, you could kill them one hit; they could kill you one hit. And they're again, again. Uh, That's by default. Though. I don't think the game had difficulty settings or what, but by default, it's one hit kills. Yeah. Now it sounded kind of cool early on. It was cumbersome, getting getting used to the controls, and it had a really cool uh, thing I'd never seen before. As I was walking through this derelict ship, when it was my turn and I was moving, I had an option to do a bird's eye view, eagle thing, mm-hmm. or eagle eye, not eagle eye syndrome, bird's eye view from yeah. up top. Yeah. And or if I was moving around in my turn. I could switch to first person, and I could walk that's, around. That's what kind of made it kind of horror esque. And I could hear better, like in first person view, I could hear the things chittering. Or if I walked into an open space, and it would light up, and then I would, my character would look around, and if I saw an enemy, then the enemy would jump out. And that's part to, of the stuff of the trailer we saw that looked really cool. It did look really cool. The graphics were fine. The, but I was just, I think. I'm supposed to like Space Marine because it <laughs> seems like a parody of itself. They're, they're men. They're manly men, and they're in space to, you know, 
whoop butt, whoop butt and chew bubble gum and they're all out of bubble gum. And so they just, but to have all these manly men just get murked constantly. Yeah. I'm just like, what is happening here? Maybe they weren't prepped or, or uh, were you getting any story where the gene, where the gene stealer is like a new threat that they weren't no, prepared for? They're an old one. They should know. Oh, really? They knew they they have a name. They were called gene stealers. They knew what so they, they were. Should be prepared to fight them. Admittedly, they they were went in to investigate, but they should have had some sort of. Well, they sent in big burly soldiers to go investigate. Who should have been prepared? I guess. Yeah. And the whole, like I said, the whole point of the Terminator storyline is to survive and investigate. You're getting from one end of the ship to the other and figuring out so, what. So sorry. So every map. So you say you have like five guys and you got to get across. And maybe one survives. Do you have like an unlimited number of troops? Apparently, every, every map you just so here's five more. Yeah, five more bodies to throw at this map. Because I had my sergeant. I think it was game over if he died. He mm-hmm. he was the only person who had a face. Mm-hmm. Everyone else just had a helmet on. He still he still one hit kill though, wasn't he? Yeah. But the game's also really annoying in its, uh, I guess, AI capacity. Like, I was at a stalemate for like 15 turns. Because hmm. I was in a hallway. And I could look down the hallway. And there was an enemy at the end of the hallway. In the room, I could see him because he had ran away and hid. Like, as soon as you, you, as soon as he walked in the roof, he took one square to the left out of the doorway. He was right there. And I just kept setting my guy on this thing called... Um, Overwatch? Uh, yeah, oh, literally, it's called Overwatch. And yeah. he would stand there ready, and he would shoot if anything ran in front of his point of view. And I couldn't move forward until I killed that enemy, but I couldn't walk into that room without immediately dying because the enemy would set itself to Overwatch. So I stood in front of the door, and it stood beside the door for literally six or seven turns. You just keep passing your turn, it passes its turn, you pass your turn, it passes its turn. Yeah, because he was the only enemy left, and he was in the room that was leading to the exit. And there was no other options? Was the game expecting you to sacrifice somebody, or would the enemy repeatedly kill everybody you sent in that room? Is how the game works. I think it was expecting me to sacrifice somebody to pull it out, but at the time I got there, I only had two people left. And I had one enemy left and two people, so I had to literally spend those seven turns having this guy stalemate, my other guy backtrack to the beginning and take the long way around the map to come in from a side door. And it was just so obnoxious and so slow. Yeah. Like, I'm I used wonder, to it. I, mean, I know you know your strategy games, but I, I wonder if you were playing wrong. I'm, I may have been. I don't I'm, know. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. And there's a lot of... Beh- Behind the scenes, dice rolling and stuff. So I yeah. know if I hit or missed or goddamn, which I'm used to, but I'm just. It doesn't help that the first night I played it, I fell asleep playing. Can you die in the tutorial? I, I and was I that, died in the tutorial. That, was that in that game? Yeah. I fell asleep playing and I died in the tutorial. And I thought I'd die in the tutorial because I fell asleep because I had been tired from you know life and work, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna shut this game off and I'm gonna redo it. And so the following morning or the following night, I re- just restarted the whole game, made it through the prologue, didn't lose anybody, and made it through fine. I was like, okay, I get the hang of this game. I'm going to do it. And then I played through like seven maps. And it was a slightly different arrangement of corridors and hallways and me against an infinite, infinite spawning enemies. Mm-hmm. Unless I made it to the area and destroyed the nest. And guess what? If I destroyed the nest, I had two turns before they built another nest. And we just had to move slowly through as a, you know, everyone facing a different door and slowly move down the hallway and right. crap like that. And it was just so slow. 
and I wasn't having fun. Like, I'm, yes, you're a small group of people in a losing fight. Why are we there? Blow it up. Yeah. Just blow the place. Nuke it. Like I said, what, what's the point of investigating if everyone's going to die in the investigation? I don't know. Maybe there's more to the story. I don't know. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I'm, I think I'm supposed to like Space Marines and, and Warhammer 40K. But the more I play it, I'm just like, this is obnoxious. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a martyr maybe on, a, on, another, on another episode with all the, the, uh, the uh, lingo. Is that the word for it? And the way they, the way they, the dialect, the dialogue. dialect and the lingo and the way they talk and the words they've made up for this franchise is just so cumbersome and silly sounding a lot of the time. And it almost sounds uh, full of itself. <laughs> is that the right, right term? Spoof like or par- parodies of itself? No, it just sounds like it's self-important. Like it's really, yeah. everybody's trying to sound really important. Well, there's, you know, the God Emperor Maximus Moralius Decimus Maximilian the fifth, the God Emperor King Gearhead yeah. or some crap. I don't know. I was just like, Jesus Christ. If you have to have that many titles... Just kill yourself. You're not that important. Yeah. But this is also a type of, um, like, this is probably what would be happen if, say, I don't know, corporate America and the army combined forces and took over the world. This is like a, you know, I guess like a spoof of what would happen in like a totalitarian war society type thing is what it feels like. But anyway, let's not talk about that nonsense. (laughs) Um, And so... That's your point as playing as the Terminators. Mm-hmm. Now you can play uh, the campaign as the Gene Stealers, and you get to spawn and kill these people. But the the AI you're going against is smarter than I am, of so course. All of a sudden, when you are playing a losing soldier, you switch sides, and all of a sudden now they're winning soldiers. Yeah, and they do that. It does that same thing where it um. Because I get infinite spawning points, and I can set up and have like, oh, I want two enemies coming out of this one, and one enemy coming out of that one, and because I could spawn up to three enemies per turn with whatever I had, mm-hmm. and I can move them. But I couldn't. The, the most annoying thing is I couldn't move them into line of sight; they had to be discovered. So until they were discovered, I actually didn't even know what I had. Unless I unless I was seen by them, I was just a ghost. And not a ghost, but I was a an unknown entity. I didn't even know what I was until the enemy saw me. I just knew because I could Still. be a gene stealer or I could be like one of the like a, a bigger, bruder version. But unless they looked at me, I didn't know. And when I played the game, I didn't find out until like halfway through the level, my my first my second mission as the gene stealers is there's an, uh, a button I can press that I can actually reveal myself. But the game didn't tell me. There was no tutorial for being playing as the Gene Stealers. That's weird. And so I could reveal myself, but if I reveal myself, I'm guaranteed to have the weaker version as opposed to being seen where there's a chance that I might be a big version. Sounds and like it, was, really it dumb, was a really dumb mechanic. Maybe I misread and misunderstood, but I was not having fun. Mm-hmm. As the overpowering wave of monsters, because they're, they're they understand the computer understand the game mechanics more than I did. So any time I tried to get anybody, I would just die because yeah. you can't bum rush them, 
and you can't get around them because they have my same tactic, which was have four people in a room all looking at a door on Overwatch. So what I couldn't do anything because my goal was to kill, kill, them kill them all. But they themselves didn't have a goal to make to the exit. Their goal was to survive. So there was no uh, overhead timer forcing yeah, them to rush to an exit. Because yeah. it was AI. They're like, I don't have to go to the exit. Just stand in a circle right here. Yeah, and it was... Circle, I, joke, circle jerk for 15 turns. Mm-hmm. And I just... Uh, I wasn't having fun. Yeah. I immediately was not... I thought maybe I'd have more fun being the, the aggressor as opposed to the defender. And I wasn't. I was, yeah. Sorry. And I just... I wanted it to be done. Uh, it's like one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I win. Uninstall. Throw the game in the thing. and never have to... Other than this episode, I'll never have to think about it again. <laughs> That's a problem with the gameplay episodes. The game you didn't like. Oh, now i got to talk about it. So you win this time, but I'll win when I'm when this is over. Unless people are like, oh my God, the game was so great. <laughs> they want to talk yeah. to me about it. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is that what you got? That's really all I have. Like I said, I, I wasn't really enthralled. Yeah. Would you recommend it? To... I recommend it to people who like Warhammer 40K and who like... Because it definitely felt like it was a like a turn-based tabletop game is what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And if you like those, you might really enjoy this. But I think I would enjoy this if I was going against another person as opposed to an AI, but I don't think it had an online component. I don't think it did. I didn't dig too deep into it, but yeah, who knows? I'm done with it. I wash my hands of thee. Be gone, demon. Yeah. Again, say if somebody else has played this game and has a, a different experience to Blake's or maybe tell him how he, if he was playing it wrong or anything like that, it won't make him... Or re-rent the game, that's for sure. But at least he might be uh, happy to hear about somebody else's experience. He can always write into us or anything like that. Or, or comment on the... Uh, when I post about when the episodes come out, we comment on those things. Is that what you got? That's all I got, yeah. So the last thing, of course, is uh, Blake has picked out a movie. Um, not sure. This is it's just a, kind of a... You're glancing through your movies. So it's more of a, ran, a random kind of pick. It's a random pick. And it fits the criteria. Not many people yeah. talk about it or know about it. But it, This is going to be a... Uh, oh, before the... Before, at the end, did you have a tagline already set? I don't, don't say it now, but you, did you, did you pre-find pre- or did you forget again? I forgot again, but it won't anyway, be hard So to find. anyway, by the end of the... But by the end of the talking of this episode, he will do his tagline. But while doing his research earlier today, he told me that... For the first time that we know of, there is actually a band, uh, Asking Alexandra, mm-hmm. a band we don't actually like, for being honest, because uh, kind of a screamy band, but they actually wrote a song that's entirely about this movie. Like It's like the, the, the lyrics and stuff for like the plot of the movie. And I'll say it again on the end, but I recommend, uh, before we play it on the end, maybe pull up the lyrics to the name. What, do you know what the name of the song was? It's called Hey There, Mr. Brooks. Uh, pull the lyrics up, because I'm actually going to, for the first time ever, we have, a, we have a movie, and then I'm going to play that song on the end, but Blake says the dude's really screamy, which is why we don't like the band, but if you have the lyrics, he said it's, it's pretty neat if you have the lyrics in front of you, as it tells you uh, pretty much what the movie's about, but uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I remember uh, a few pieces of it, but I will let Blake uh, take it from here and tell you what he wants to tell you about it. Of course, you said the the name of the movie is uh, was in the name of that song. The, the movie's Mr. Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Brooks came out uh, in 2007. 
It's a forewarning. It's a bit of an endeavor. It's about a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. So some people just, you know, heads up. You're in, you're in for a, a relatively dense movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting used to watching two-and-a-half-hour Marvel movies, so. Yeah. Now, it was directed by a gentleman named Bruce A. Evans. Yeah. He's only directed one other movie, and that was in 1992, and it was called Cuffs. It was a crime action comedy that starred Christian Slater, Mila Jovovich. I might watch that. Maybe. It seemed weird. Now, he's more of a writer than he is a director. He's written several movies. Uh, I believe it was like 10 or 13. Anything noteworthy? Oh, yeah. I'll get to those in just one moment. And everything he's written, he actually co-wrote. He actually co-wrote with the same person he did with this, a gentleman named uh, Ronald Gideon. And they've co-wrote everything together. Okay, like partners, mm-hmm. writing partners. So I'm going to run through a couple of the movies they've co-wrote together, and so just bear with me. There is a movie called Starman that stars Jeff Bridges, which I own. Is that Starman? Is that the one with the little kid? It's Star Kid. Oh, Star Kid. Dang. Star, Star Man. Yeah. Star Man is an alien who comes to Earth and inhabits a woman's dead husband's body, which is Jeff Bridges, and he tries to hide from the government and ends up falling in love with the woman, but they're trying to kill him. It's a pretty good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's a it's a eighty six. That sounds wacky. It's a good movie, it, but it's more. It tends to be more of like a romantic movie than like what yeah, it could be. Eighties romance movie with an alien in it. But it's not a bad movie. Yeah. I do own it, and we can watch it. Yeah. Um, as well as that, they did Stand By Me. Oh, really? They wrote They wrote Stand By Me. They wrote... He didn't direct that? Mm-mm, he just wrote it. Yeah. Another one was called Cutthroat Island, which I think is like... It seemed to be like a an edgier version of like Treasure Island, is what, it, is what the synapses felt like, but like just, maybe they didn't have anything to do with Treasure Island, but that's what it felt like. Yeah. And then one thing they also co-wrote together, which... It's funny that you and me uh, watched this movie when you were younger, but uh, Jungle to Jungle. Really? With Mimi Suku and Tim Allen. Yeah, we used to watch the crap. I don't know why we watched that movie a bunch of times when we were younger. No idea, but they wrote that. So strange. And they would go on to write Mr. Brooks, which yeah. is super strange. Yeah. Now, Mr. Brooks star, I'm going I'm to plow through the some of the important players yeah. fairly quickly. Top build. Mm-hmm. Now, number one, Mr. Brooks himself, Mr. Earl Brooks, is played by Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Kevin Costner is, bless your heart. Yeah, just by now. But there's, I'm just going to name off some of his movies super quick. There is Dances with Wolves, yeah. The Postman, Robin Hood, Fill the Dreams, The Bodyguard, and Waterworld. <laughs> and more recently, he played Jonathan Kent in the Man of Steel and Justice League flashbacks and stuff like that. He was Jonathan Kent. Yep. He was Henry Cavill's dad-da. <laughs> so that's Kevin Costner, who is the, like I said, he's the titular character, Mr. Brooks. The second build is the detective Tracy Atwood, played by Demi Moore. If you don't know who Demi Moore is, well, you... She bangs. She banged Ashton Kutcher, and Bruce Willis. 
If you don't know who, you know who Ashton Kutcher is, he did punked. <laughs> I don't know what we go down a rabbit hole for this. Yeah. But to me more, a uh, few things she's been a part of was she was G.I. Jane. Oh, yeah. Ghost with Swayze. Yeah. Roundhouse. <laughs> uh, the Roadhouse? Roadhouse. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, she was a movie, a movie called Striptease, and another movie called The Joneses, which was her and David Duchovny. That's actually a pretty good movie too. Well, they're both, uh, aren't they both like government work, government like assassins it's, or something? No, 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 What's no. That? You're thinking like the Smiths, mm-hmm. but uh, that's keeping up with the Joneses. But this is just called The Joneses, and it's David Duchovny, Demi Moore, and they have two kids, and all of them are actors hired by a corporation to show off to neighbors oh, and yeah, suburbs to make yeah. all the neighbors go into debt to Get try to buy the, buying all the stuff they have and bo- boost sales and crap. That's it's a really crazy. messed up movie, but it's a really funny movie, but yeah. it's a messed up movie. We might be talking about that another time, but her, one of the cool things that I forgot she did. And I love the movie is she's the voice of Esmeralda in Hunchback of Notre Dame. She's the voice of Esmeralda. Hmm. And I was like, Oh crap. I forgot about that. And I adore Hunchback of Notre Dame. I just because I forgot Damien yeah. Ward was the voice of Esmeralda. Now, she's not much of a voice though. I mean, that's probably why you forget. Maybe, but I do. I live Hunchback anyway. Now, there's a character named Mister Smith that's just an alias. He's never given a real name, and this is played by uh, stand-up comedian sensation Dane Cook, well, who is not really past that sensation. Yeah, well, he's he's gotten back up and he's, popularity. He's trying again, yeah. We listen to uh, this is also also not the Dan Cook podcast. We listen to Dan Cook on a, on a different podcast about his past and what happened with him. Apparently, his again not the Dan Cook podcast. His brother went back when Dan Cook got was getting rich and popular. His brother uh, stole a uh, embezzled a immense amount of money from him enough where Dan ended up had to put his own brother in prison. And then it was dang near broke. Yeah, but anyway. But yeah, Dan's maybe. Maybe not as obnoxious as you might think he is if you hear him speaking outside of stand-up comedy as a human being. Yeah, but he's been in a couple other movies as well. Yeah. He has been in uh, Good Luck Chuck, My Best Friend's Girl. Uh, uh, more recently, actually, I'm kind of curious about this. He's in American Gods. Oh, really? He plays some dude named Robbie. Maybe a small uh, role. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he also goes on to do... He was. He had a very small role in Waiting. He was the main character in. in <laughs> well, we we actually. I actually walked in and Jessica was watching Waiting the other night, and he's in there. He's the one that puts all the gross stuff on people's food. Like he p- pulls a pube out of his, pulls his pubes and puts his pube on the person's it's like steak. garnish. Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, main character in Employee of the Month. Yeah. And more two things. One random side note about Dan Cook is he actually auditioned he was going to audition for Steve Rogers Captain America but was laughed out of the audition which mm-hmm. kind of is upset I mean he, he's no Chris Evans but I mean that's that's not how you should do business yeah he, I think his name was yeah tarnished yeah. at the time yeah uh, but the other thing is more recently he's the voice of Dusty the plane so in the cars universe and he's in all the video games any he kept, movies he kept, and spinoffs he he, he, he is dusty so I mean that's pretty cool, you know. So maybe yeah. he'll get himself back up because I, I like Dane Cook as a person. His comedy I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I remember laughing at it real hard when I was a teenager. But I think he's grown as a person. He seems to be a much better person now than he was then. He's gone through some stuff. Now t- two other ones, uh, 
Danielle Panabaker, who plays Mr. Brooks's daughter. Mm-hmm. And those who don't know who Danielle Panabaker is, gotta love a Panabaker. Oh, she has a uh, she has a massive roster as well. Oh, super quickly, uh, Flash, Sky High, The Crazies, uh, The Ward, and Friday the Thirteenth, the two thousand nine remake, mm-hmm. as well as Piranha Double D. She was in the second one, yeah. It's funny. She's uh, she's great in Flash. Oh, yeah. I love Panna Baker. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is uh, William Hurt, who plays a gentleman named Marshall. Oh, William Hurt? Mm-hmm. He's that's not, that's not John Hurt. Okay. Like John, John Hurt, Hurt I believe, passed. But this is William Hurt. He's responsible for, God, a lot of movies, too. Are they, are they related? No, I don't believe so. Hurt's just a name. Yeah. Right? But History of Violence with Viggo Mortensen, the 1998 remake of lost in space he was the john robinson yeah that's a netflix that a re, uh, did a lost in space show that turns out it's pretty dang good and i'll talk about it i'll probably t- i'll be one of the shows i talk about <clears throat> one of the shows i talk about well it, when it ends finally when it ends, I, I think it's only got one more season, one more season they've already said it was going to end um he's also in robin hood but not the same one as uh kevin costner he was in the he played king george or whatever mm-hmm. In the Russell Crowe version of Robin Hood. How many Robin Hood movies do we need? I don't know. There's another one with Taryn, Taryn Edgerton and Jamie Foxx that I ain't watched. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He also goes on to do more recently. More recently, uh, in the he's in the MCU is General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Who's that? Uh, lived how he was in the Incredible Hulk. He's the dude who created the Hulk and is hunting down the Hulk. Oh, that's William Hurt. That's William Hurt. Oh, see, they, he told me that. Yeah, that, I put a face to him right there. Yeah. yeah. He's not a very big actor. He's he's bigger, but yeah. he, I mean, is that... He, isn't he the guy that became Abomination? Mm-mm. <laughs> he'll eventually, if the MCU does right, spoiler alert, he'll be the Red Hulk. He experiments on himself and becomes the Red Hulk. You got that face wrong, then. You're thinking of Tim Roth. That's Tim Roth. Is the Abomination. So the guy was in the Incredible Hulk, the old man in Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. He's also reprised the role in Civil War and Black Panther and a couple others. In game. Well, Hurts might be related. It's possibly. And he also went on, he was also in The Village and AI and the 2000 version of Dune. Dune. And Dune. Okay. Dune. Okay. Because that's all the characters. You know, just so you're aware that you have a pretty big star power going into this movie all fairly really good actors now how this works is uh, Mr. Brooks is a very successful philanthropist to the point he the movie starts with him winning like man of the year or entrepreneur of the year for the city yep. it starts a big celebration and he has been doing a 12 step program to ease addiction for the last two years mm-hmm. you find out from his best friend who is revealed very quickly very early on it's not his best friend it's his imaginary friend slash alter ego named Marshall who tells him to kill people and unfortunately he happens to be very very good at it mm-hmm. very good at it to the most, for more recently, unsolved murders across America, he goes by the alias the Thumbprint Killer. Because what he would do, he would kill lovers and pose them nude, you know, in you know, holding one another or in acts of making love, and he would take their thumbprints and stick them on the wall. 
and he would just leave them in these grotesque, macabre displays of love. Yeah. You find that out very early on. Mm-hmm. And he has been going through these 12-step programs saying that he has some sort of other addiction trying to ease himself off of killing people. But Marshall says, you're so good at it, Earl. Why are we not doing what you're good at? Come on, buddy. We can just go look. There's no harm in looking. Marshall, a voice in his head? It's, yeah, it's his imaginary is, is, friend, is it, is it alter voice? ego. Do you hear, I don't remember, do you hear a voice in his head? Or no, Marshall is William Hurts, played by a completely okay. other individual. So it's but talking it's, in his it's head. his imaginary friend okay. and, and talks to him. And he. And that's all what makes him good, because Earl, not Earl, but Marshall will notice details and stuff and tell him, and then he'll pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, it's not like a supernatural power, but it's a... Uh, it's a subconscious recognition of outside information. And you have, he has a whole other, it's, it's hard to understand the brain of a psychopath or a sociopath <laughs> or whatever, but it, he's not superhuman, but it, because Marshall is technically another part of his brain that communicates with his forward brain, they're able to notice different things and bleed the information together. Yeah. And only problem is he's been doing it and he, uh, he regresses. And he uh, he kills someone after two years of getting being clean, <laughs> and a couple of days later, receives a blank package from one gentleman named Mister Smith, going, "I know who you are," and has, oddly enough, there are pictures of him murdering a couple. Mister mm-hmm. Smith. Mister Smith. Played by Dan Cook. Mm-hmm. And Mister Smith said that was the most excited and thrilled he's been his entire life and wants to get under Mr. Brooks's wing mm-hmm. and for him to teach him how to do what he does. Yeah. Now, understandably, that is the core of the movie. And I'm not going to say any more from that point on. Sounds like a... Uh, I'm thinking about it now. It sounds like one of the... Sounds like a season of Dexter. It very well could have been. Yeah. This came out like 2007. When did Dexter start? I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's more than one season of Dexter where somebody's trying to learn from Dexter, though. True. And they ran out of ideas. Now, this movie was originally told and pitched as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. For some reason, even though all the people involved who want to come back for a sequel do want to come back for sequels, as recently as 2019... In an interview with Danielle Panderbaker, she was asked about what's the uh, what's the potential sequel status of Mr. Brooks, and she said, "Oh, we would love to do it. Me and Kevin have spoken about it, and you know, a few months ago, and we're open to the idea, but no one, no one's really approached us about reigniting it because, admittedly, it yeah. what it, so go ahead. financially, the movie cost roughly twenty million, and it made." Like forty eight, fifty. So it not, it didn't do great. great. Yeah. But they could they could cut out some of the characters. Not even that. I was talking to Blake with, without doing more research. Twenty million. When you see the movie, twenty million is really high for what this movie is. Yeah, I, extremely I, high for what this movie is. I think it's more honesty. I think it was all the the high paid actors because you like I said, Costner, Moore, Cook, Hurt, and Panabaker. It might have been. That might have been a bunch. But do they put like? I don't know if I should know. Is like, is our our actor salaries? Is that always tied into the the, the those bu- the budgets you read or actor salaries tied? I would into assume that? so. I would assume so too. But like, 
I don't, I do know you hear it by the podcast that actors will do things for less just to be a part of certain things. Like Ryan Reynolds took a massive cut to be a part of Deadpool to keep it under budget. Keep it under budget, yeah, exactly. But um, I just wonder. It's really expensive for a very. It's a very grounded movie. It's a really. It's just about the characters. There's no special effects. Like it's. And the whole movie takes place either outside in a car or in like. There's, there's, apartment there's a few outdoor out, outdoor scenes but it's just like 20 million dollars like what were you paying for and most of the movie oddly enough takes place at night maybe that's another thing maybe they had to only film yeah. at night and that cost money to it made the shoot run longer shooting at night or something I have no idea i kind of kind of would like to know i'm curious because there's much uh there's movies that with special effects and explosions and stuff that cost less than this movie i mean i just yeah i don't understand and the other thing uh one of the biggest complaints I read about the movie, people loved all the acting. Everything was good. Because yeah, Dane Cook, uh, sorry, I, I, we keep talking about him. He actually, this is a serious role. It's not. There's no There's no real comedy in his role. You might chuckle because some of the weird and gross things that he says or some of the situations they put themselves in. Yeah, but it's definitely but it's a, a serious role for him. Very serious. Very serious. When Blake, listed off the, when Blake listed off the rest of Dane's movies, it was all comedies. Yeah. This is probably the one serious role he's ever did that I know of. Go ahead. Yeah. Brain work. I lost track. Now, one of the biggest complaints that I read about the movie, other, like one of the biggest negatives, is people said that it was overstuffed with plot twists, turns, and subplots. Now, thinking back on it, I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I also think because it was originally pitched as a trilogy, that some of that stuff was supposed to pay off in other movies, I but they that, haven't made true. it. Yeah. So I can see you why. You said it is a two-hour movie, though, and you can't overstuff a two-hour. You can pacing. Also, pacing can hurt a two-hour movie, that's for sure. Because they want you to, because you, you get a whole bunch of, uh, what's his face? You get a whole bunch of Costner and him and Marshall, and they're talking with Mr. Smith and all that whole thing. And then there's the subplot of his daughter. Yeah, sorry. Uh, in the movie, because you mentioned all the cast, is, is there is there Hannah Baker's her character's mom not around I don't remember she's there but it wasn't a big actress I didn't bother her name and she didn't have a whole lot of story relevance she's just there hey honey make some breakfast and what are you doing tonight oh I'm gonna go out and mess with some uh, paint colors for the in the kiln you know so she was just being a supportive wife okay so not a big role not a huge role and then his daughter comes back and she has she's daddy's little girl She's come home from college, and some one of the subplots is she's dropped out of college and wants to take over the family business. What's his, his business? Was a philanthropist? He's a philanthropist, but his main thing is he uh he does like pottery, like kilns, potteries, and bricks and different colors, and like he hmm. like it's a weird. They don't really go into detail, but he sell like one of the when when, she, when her character is introduced, he's in a business meeting with some business from businessmen from China about bricks to build their office, yeah. like their actual office office, not like a building. But so he, he's, he's very, he makes money hmm. off a weird thing, but you, um, you wouldn't think but people, people need bricks. Yeah. People <laughs> need me. People make money in all sorts of weird ways. And so there's her subplot and then there's the, uh, the detective and they try to humanize her by giving her a subplot. And she's, an heiress to a fortune who 
whose father always wanted a son, and so she decided to become a cop to prove, Daddy, I can be as big a man as you, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't need to. So many female and then, cops just want to do it because Daddy did it. And then she she has her own subplot where she's being sued by her ex-husband because he lived they were together so long he didn't have to work and he had grown accustomed to certain life. So, so I guess this is where the overstuffness comes in because so I assume this is the I assume it's been a while since this is the cop that ends up maybe maybe investigating around Costner's character probably the thumbprint killer. But you don't need all her nonsense on the back end. It just doesn't help. It just overstuffs a character who could just be a cop. Yeah, trying to catch a serial killer. But again, there, it was pitched as a trilogy, so maybe that yeah. was supposed to pay off. Yeah, but you pick a more more interesting character, I guess. Well, it, but... it, admittedly, it does pay off because her storyline and all that stuff. There, there's stuff that happens with that stuff and so on and so yeah. forth. I'm trying not to spoil anything. Yeah, more than I already have with the the amount of characters. Well, yeah, we we, I think we haven't spoiled what anybody really does. I mean, this is stuff you can gather from just the opening scenes, really. And now. Uh, all in all, I adore this movie. Though I stand by that it may be a little overstuffed. I love this movie. I've seen it several yeah. times, and I love sharing it with people. I've seen it twice. I feel, feel like we watched it a few years ago, maybe. Again, to watch it again a few years ago. And like I said, it's not. It's it's definitely a, a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. And when the killing stuff does happen, it's not a torture point. You don't even so, see the killing most of the time. I wonder earlier we mentioned, because we don't know, I don't know the time frame of Dexter, but I feel like this may have kind of fit in somewhere to the wave of Dexter's popularity. Yeah. If anybody's keeping track, uh, they're bringing Dexter back. Yeah, a revival. So I wonder if bringing Dexter back would open a door for a... Granted, they're not related in any kind of way, but I wonder if general public interest in a Dexter, Dexter being back would raise interest in bringing back a Mr. Brooks sequel. It's possible. Because people... Producers and companies only want to make things that they think are, are, are happening. People who should set trends are too busy chasing trends, and it's obnoxious. Yeah, but, yeah. but I adore Mr. Brooks. I think you will too, and I would love for everybody to watch this movie and comment, tell me about it, tell me, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm right. Yeah. I don't know. Say something. You can write a... Say emails are emails where to go. I th- can you message her? Can you message us through Facebook? I don't know. Can you message our page? You should be I don't able know to. if that's a thing. <laughs> we should have it open to... Well, you have yeah. to join it first, but I think yeah, you should be able to join us a message, direct yeah. message. Or just post a post about the whatever onto the page. We we, we would appreciate people doing it. We hadn't had much of that, obviously. Or We definitely would. Uh, we've had comments on posts, but nobody like making posts about things, which we kind of want to... The point of the thing was to get people interested in some of the obscure things we're interested in. Maybe our, maybe our stuff's too obscure. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is that... That's really all I have. I don't, again, I don't want to spoil too much. I hope I haven't. No, no, no. I think it's, when it comes to spoiling a movie, I think we've done a... As compared to other movies where I felt bad when we kind of maybe said too much, I feel pretty good about this one. Because all you know is that he... He's a philanthropist. Serial killer. A serial killer. And he has done his first kill in two years. A cop and a cop catches on. Well, I guess a cop is assigned to the case. Yeah, and someone is blackmailing him. Yeah, someone someone saw him, but you don't know why that person saw them, how that person saw him, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Um, 
we've actually forgot to mention it a past couple of times, I feel like, and I feel bad because it's kind of become the motto of the podcast. When it comes to TV shows and movies, what's the number one thing you do not do? Judge it before you watch it? No. <laughs> watch a trailer. Don't watch a trailer. <laughs> don't, wa- don't watch a trailer. <laughs> oh, Blake ruined everything. Don't yeah, watch a don't trailer. Don't watch a trailer. Try to... We do. A, we try. We, we try to be best of our best we can on things, word of mouth, and just uh, people make fun of me and Blake because we uh, um, we follow writers and directors, and we we get that a lot of that's. I don't want to say that's a niche thing to do, but I feel like there's people who actually really get into movies like we do do follow writers and directors and where they go and what they do and who they're involved with, and that's how we tend to find other things along a line of things to watch. Um, it's one way to find things. I mean, granted, we do, we do, you do see trailers because you can't escape trailers because they're every Facebook scroll you do, there's a trailer. Every Instagram scroll you do, there's a trailer just blasting you in the face all the time. Yeah. Um. So there's that. But you know, our motto as a podcast is do the best you can. Just even read read a sentence or two about a movie and kind of just go in go in on that. Um. And just just jump in there, and watch it. Hell, it can't be. I mean, some, there's some bad movies out there, but. We've, I don't, if you're, I'm, I'm confident to say that we haven't recommended anything that's trash. I mean, everything we have is has a weirdness to it or an interesting thing or a twist of some sort or just some phenomenal acting. It, whether it be by a particular person doing a phenomenal job in a movie that is worth seeing this one person do some incredible things or there's just a uh, cool, uh, we're, we're real big into practical effects yes, and stuff like that over CGI. We was always something in the movies we recommend that there's something about them. That's, uh, we feel like it's unique. And I don't think you've ever seen like for, like for, for this movie, for instance, I don't think you've, you haven't seen, you've never seen Dane do this. And I, Kevin Costner's got a, a very large IMDb. I feel like you may have seen him come along the lines of something closer to this, I don't think he's played that many serial killers. But I did read uh these are kind of two cool tidbits. Um the the writer said that when they wrote Mr. Brooks, they wrote Mr. Brooks with Kevin Costner in mind. That's awesome. And he was the first person they went to and he said yes. That's lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it was one of his favorite scripts he's ever read. Yeah. It's a good and it is good. And as far as Dane, Dane said he read half of it and said, Yeah. And he didn't want to finish it because he wanted it to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. He was like, before he fi- he said he said he read half of it, said yes, closed the pamph- uh, closed the script, gave it back to him, and said, "Let me know on set. I don't want to know anything in advance." Yeah. And so I'm like, that's and as far as I mean, Dane ain't known for his acting, but I mean, he's he does he doesn't distract or at detract all. from the movie at all. So and you got to I mean, see, you got to love a panda baker. Oh yeah, Daniel Panabaker is wonderful. <laughs> Uh, I've got nothing else for this to say. Don't, don't watch, don't watch the trailer. Um, we do, uh, at the very end here. So watch, I will tone the volume down on the song, uh, during the editing. So I am going to play that song. Hey there, Mr. Brooks by asking Alexandria right here. I'll play that right at the end. Uh, please maybe pull up, Google it and pull up the lyrics first. Otherwise you might not get much from the song. Based on its genre, it's metalcore, and Metal. it's British. Well, British is whatever. It's, it's not like British is a foreign language. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's all I've got. Uh, so prepare for that song in the end, and uh, I let Blake end with hopefully he found a tag for the movie by the end. 
Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening again. I said we don't thank our people, people, fans enough for listening. We we have listeners, and it's awesome. Uh, thanks for sticking around. And we'll we'll talk to you pretty soon. We do have a. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. We do have a a guest lined up for the fortieth. The fortieth episode. We we have him lined up. It's uh, looking to maybe be a strange episode. We got me and Blake, and I need to talk to him and discuss the, the episode because I. Don't think he plays very many video. I don't know. I don't think he plays very many very many video games. So it may be a more of a movie focused podcast. But I'm getting way ahead. I'm getting weeks weeks ahead of this. Um, but there is a person we have picked out. Hopefully he'll be he'll still he was every time we talk to him he's ready to do it. He's stoked to do it. He's been on other podcasts anyway. So anyway, that's all I got for this. Thanks for listening. I'll let Blake wrap it up. The man who has everything also has everything to hide. Not the worst one. <laughs> I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.